0: Hello there Faithful Fat Guy Forum listeners, before we get into this week's episode, I just want to remind you that there are several ways you can support this show. First of all, just the fact that you're downloading the show, listening, that helps a lot, but if you could rate and review the show on whatever podcast service you're using, I would greatly appreciate that because that gets the show in front of more people. You can also share it with people you think might benefit from the show. If you are interested in investing more in supporting the show, there's a few ways to do that. First of all, in the show notes of every episode, there are links to companies and products that I am an affiliate for that I use on a daily basis as a part of my own personal healthy journey that I feel I love sharing with all of you. And if you use those links and codes, you save a little bit and you also generate some revenue for the show. Another way is, of course, the Patreon and the Patreon for the Fat Guy Forum is not only a way for you to show some financial support for the show, but you also get access to bonus material. And right now, that includes 58 bonus episodes where I continue my conversations with the guests in the after show. And you also get a say in how the show evolves and grows. I'm thinking of changing the Fat Guy 5 soon, and I would love to get the input of all my Patreons on that. So if you are interested in that, sign up for one of the tiers of the Patreon that you're it you know involves a payment yes there are, you can sign up for free i don't know why patreon allows that but you can do that but you don't get access to any of the fun stuff so sign yourself up link is in the show notes and now let's get on to this week's new guest hey there, everybody welcome to the next episode of the fat guy forum this is your host gourmet and i am happy to be with you once again sitting down with me as a returning guest who first appeared in episode 183 of the show. So if my math is correct in my head, it probably isn't. He's approximately 70 to 71 episodes ago. So it's been a bit of a time. So it's always good to circle back to people. But we have some very specific topics we want to talk about um, tonight. And we'll get into those. And his name is Matt True. Matt, how are you doing tonight, man?
1: Good, Garmi. How are you?
0: I'm good, I'm good. I'm glad we're getting to sit down again. I'm excited to have you back. I know this is going to be hard. This part's going to be hard because it's a blow to the ego. But there may be some people out there who did not hear your first episode or haven't gotten to it yet. So I, you know, I, I do want to direct them to go hear the full in-depth story. But if you could, uh, if you could give us like a, an overview of, of this journey that you've been on.
1: Absolutely. Uh, back in 2019... Uh, January 11th, I had a sleeve surgery, which is the VSG, where they cut out basically three-quarters of your stomach. Uh, I was 505 pounds at that time. And uh, currently I'm at 175 pounds now. and I'm now nine plastic surgeries in. And uh, about the same size as a, well, a stick at this Mm -hmm. point in time. So (laughs) to get the full extent of that story... Um, you know, you'll just have to follow along and, uh, look at my page as well.
0: Yeah. For, and the, I, the interesting thing for people listening is, so, uh, Matt's first episode dropped in September of 2022. At that time you had had two or three, maybe it was just two, maybe even have been one, uh, plastics, uh, experiences and you had four scheduled. So now we're, we're talking nine. And there, there's, there might be someone out there who thinks, you know, I'm not, in, I'm not interviewing like one of the real housewives of Beverly Hills. Like this isn't just, this isn't just about, it was so much fun and so easy that you decided to, you know, keep going back for more. Um, but let, let's, let's get into this. Like first, like before we even, get, you know, start to touch on the, on this on the surgery and, and kind of the decision to get there. Cause I want this episode and you want this episode to really be about the process, like What you went through with you know making the decisions and i think it'll be good for us even to talk about the decisions you know at different times like what what that was like after you went through it and decided you know that more work was needed or revisions were needed whatever whatever we get into detail wise but what what are the things that you want people to hear about you know what your life is like now being down over 300 pounds
1: It's basically, uh, Mike, like you have like a brand new look on life, right? Because when you live at like a 500-pound life, you, you get used to that. You get used to the issues where you can't fit in chairs or this or that, or you look ahead at restaurants or you don't go to restaurants or you sometimes just don't go out, you don't do things because you know you can't do it right and that's just something you get accustomed to right and then they get used to that life and that's what they want to live and if that's what they want that's what they want but what I'm finding now um, is that I'm basically reborn I'm doing things that you know friends of mine laugh at me for because you know they've done it their entire life right and I've done it in the last few years so to me it's all new stuff roller coasters bumper cars stuff like that I mean but People take that for granted like when you're somebody of size you're not fitting in a bumper car right you're just you're just not or a roller coaster you're sometimes not even fitting in a vehicle so I mean you know it's just it it is what it is it's it's a it's a very uplifting experience um, but um, it's there, there's a lot like I could write a book I mean I, I could go on for days on stuff that's different like clothes and just everyday life's different.
0: Well, cuz if people go yeah, to your page and we'll, we'll talk about where that is um, and yeah. check out your before pictures to say that you were a, a a wide gentleman is is not an understatement when you were, you know, at your heaviest. Like
1: No, I probably could walk sideways in my hallway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I I was the size of a Mack Mac truck. No, yeah, no, for I was, sure. I was not a small boy.
0: No. <laughs> no, and you don't, you know, and that's not a flippant description. Like, it's it's accurate, you know, in a lot of ways. Like, what, when it comes to that side of things, you know, the changes that you've been through, and obviously through all of that time, you know, your relationship with food and your body, you know, what are what are the things, are, are there things that still challenge you now? Like, because now you're, you know, five years out almost from your surgery, like what are what are the things that are challenging for Matt these days
1: Well it's it's funny because I'm on the other end of the spectrum now Mike so I mean it's before it was like going to doctors and being like well you have to lose weight you have to do this you have to do that and now I have doctors telling me I have to gain weight right And that for me that that's a that's a for lack of a better term a mind fuck because when you are told your whole life that you have to lose weight, lose weight, lose weight, right? And now I'm being told, no, you, you have to gain weight. I understand why because, I mean, and I have. I've, I've gained 20 pounds and I've put 20 pounds of muscle on. But for me to gain that 20 pounds took more out of me than most people actually think. Um, mind and... Just psychological-wise, because people are like, well, maybe you should talk to a doctor. And I don't need to talk to a doctor. It had nothing to do with that. It's the fact that I wanted to lose this weight. I had a certain goal in my head, and I wanted to stay there, right? But then I had um, my plastic surgeon, who basically is an angel to me, um, look at me in the face and go, Matt, you look sick. Like you got to gain some weight, man. And I mean, like I had like sunken in face. I like I look like just a skull with skin. Like it was just yeah. I get that when I look at pictures now compared to what I was at my very very lowest to now. I can see that difference. I mean, it's uncanny. Um, but I mean, stuff that's I've had. You know, when I was bigger to now, I don't really have. I guess my wife and everyone would say that I still eat like a vacuum, <laughs> like I just suck food in. I don't take my time, um, which normally with the surgeries a no no. They want you to take your time. I, I don't. I don't have time to take my time. I to suck food down. I love food. It's not. It's not my thing, you know. Uh, but uh, I don't like. I guess like. I never, when I was even big, I didn't really, wasn't into sweets, right? I, like, it's funny, I never got fat off of cookies, right? But you put a badass bag of chips in front of me, man. Whether it was then or now, I'm going to demolish those chips. And, I mean, that's, that's something that I can't control. I, I'm a, I'm a chip guru, okay? I love my chips. I can go ham on those. But, uh, but, you know, really, like, that's really the only thing
0: that I've really taken with me well, this well because there's something really unique the- I mean it literally is a mindfuck when you're you know a fair amount of your life the out, the messages from outside have been you know Matt you gotta lose weight and then that echoes inside of you you know more so you know a hundredfold like you know you gotta do something you know and you spend that time you make the decision to have um, VSG you go through that you go through those challenges you know and again it's The focus is losing weight, and then you're told you need to gain weight, which is like, like you said, it's the antithesis. You know, it's it's having to take this this mindset that has been about getting to a healthy weight and getting your body. You know, part of that is losing weight. You know, that's that. You know, people love to say it's it's not about the scale when you when you're over 500 pounds, it's about the scale. Like scale comes into play. Like that's just a reality of life. And then to have to shift that focus and that 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 take that dr- same drive and shift it to other areas, you know, I I definitely understand that being a challenge, man. And so, and even though you talked about this a little bit in the first episode, this is kind of like the meat of what we want to talk about tonight. No, no pun intended. Like, when when did the idea, the thoughts of plastic surgery, first kind of come into play for you? Ooh, that's a good question.
1: So that one is like. When I was really starting to get into exercise, like, uh, I I started to run. And that's when things started happening where uh, I would put one foot in front of the other and then my thigh, which, when I looked down, was doing a 360 motion because there was so much skin that it was just literally turning and twisting and turning. Not to mention... Like, at that point, you know, I had my deflated man boobs and, you know, my my stomach skin just hanging there, right? So I was running and I was getting my own applause. It was great. No matter where I went, I had an applause. But, you know, I had to start wearing compression pants and socks and shirts. Like, that's, I'm sorry, being hugged all the time although great and keeps everything in there, uh, you know, it's not very fun. So women who wear spanks all the day, like, good on you. It's not something I can do. So, I mean, that was when I initially started, you know, and then there was like, you know, the the talks of starting to go get consults and this and that. And I'm like, well, should I do it? It's going to be expensive. And it it was expensive, but, you know, um, I was always the kind of person that would, you know find ways to pay for stuff I like money I like to work but you know I also at the same time needed to figure out I had how do I get this skin off me because I could jump off a building right now and I would land safely I'm a flying squirrel at this point in time so um yeah it was and it wasn't just that like it wasn't just that factor but I mean it's all the mental factor too right like you look in a mirror you look like a melted snowman. Like it's just, things are drooping everywhere. And I, I don't care who you are. You're not going to be attractive to yourself. And then like, I'm sure that your spouse, I'm sure my, my spouse did find me attractive no matter what, but that's not the point. I look in a mirror and I'm like, I can't look like that. Right. Like nobody could look themselves like that, lost that much weight and think, Oh, well, you know, I, I can live with that I certainly couldn't and uh, you know it's no it's just like uh, and the rashes and the moisture and uh, you know you just can't you can't live like that you can't it's easier to live with yeah yeah it's easier to live with fat in you than there is just a deflated skin because of just how far down it hangs sure yes you can be obese and have the this you know stuff hang but it's just a different kind of hang. I can't even
0: explain it. Well, that's, and, and that's so, something that I think is important for people to, you know, because I know, I think this is something that happens a lot, especially when people talk about loose skin. You know, I know I've gotten it. I've, you know, most people I know get it, you know, when they've lost a significant amount of weight in terms of like the blowback from people who say, you didn't lose weight the right way, or you lost weight too fast. You know, all of these all of these reasons people have for saying why loose skin exists. The real reason is your skin grew to adapt to that extra 300 plus pounds that were on your body. And the body almost has a sense memory. It's not like, it's not like you, as you're losing the weight, the body devours all that skin. You know, people love to talk about that as if it's a real thing. You know, you didn't use the right creams or you should have used a rolling tool or, you know, you didn't fast enough to promote autophagy. Like all of these things that people like to say, you know, cocoa butter you know, no loose skin. If you have, you know, stretch marks and loose skin go away. If you just put enough cocoa butter on your body, that's just not real. Like it's, it's not real in the end. Any product that's promising you that it's going to tighten your loose skin, it, it may dehydrate you a little bit when you put it on and make you feel tighter, but it's, it's not in reality. So in, in the, the end all piece of it is if you're losing if anywhere over a hundred you know at least over a hundred but 200 300 400 pounds you're gonna have loose skin and significant amounts of it like that's just the reality of that experience and yes you're saving your life and you know you're looking forward to the years you're earning when you're doing it but like you're saying it's it's still another challenge it is something that y- you can't hide even as with as many compression garments as you put on because then you you still know it's there you still feel it you see it in the mirror you know what's going on and you know, so I, I, I think that makes complete sense, man. I would like if it's okay for us even just to talk a little bit about what you're talking about with money, like, because I think also people think they have this perception that insurance automatically covers skin removal surgery for some reason. I don't know why that belief is out there, because I think from the experience of, of the most of the guests I've had on the show that have talked about it, and even what you're mentioning is it's almost exclusively at times a pay out of the pocket process. Was it that your is, experience? Where like, it, go
1: ahead. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. So, you know, and a lot of people, like in Canada, it's very, very different than the States. The States, they have a different kind of insurance, but I mean, you pay through the ass in the U.S. to have good insurance. But where in Canada, we run by Medicare, which you guys have, but it's like, I think, for over like 65, but here... Medicare is our, well, it's, it's our medical process. And right now, it's, it's in the tubes. It's in the tank. It's awful. Um, but it's a very, it's so uh, such a gray subject here because it doesn't make sense how they do things. And it's very, very unfair. Like, I'm trying to push the process now Um, and trying to get help with it like people who have lost an immense amount of weight should be covered under medicare like they should get their surgeries for free but yes there's stipulations yes there has to be a massive amount of weight loss but they shouldn't have to pay because you're you are bottlenecking the hospitals by the problems that you're having with that much excess skin like you have problems. You're medically gonna have problems, and they're not. They won't touch you. Now, that being said, I find that there's a very big difference between like a male and a female being approved for medical. Now, I say that because I've seen it, um, where you know they, they do measurements on a woman with their breasts and everything, and if they hang down so far and they have to be rolled back up they will cover that surgery or they will cover the tummy tuck when it comes to how far down it droops or with a male. It's like there's a code that the doctors can put in a system that can basically cover what they call a fleur-de-lis. Now, that's great. That doesn't cover a belly button. That doesn't cover the man boobs. It basically just—it's an anchor on your stomach, right? So if you just go and get you say, "Yes, I'm covered. I can't wait. Oh my god, I'm excited!" Right? I'm excited. You go in there and you get that done, and that's all they do. You're gonna hate it. You're gonna blame the surgeon. You know, you're gonna blame the surgeon. Like, look, look what you did. You you mutilated me. No, 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 no. I did what you wanted me to do. What was covered under Medicare. So there's these little, like, first off, I recommend anybody who's listening and anybody who wants plastic surgery to make sure you go to a board-certified plastic surgeon. That's number one, right? And I'm telling you, you can't ask me the question either about how much it's going to cost because it's going to be different for everybody. There's not going to be one person that's going to walk in there and be the same as another person in the waiting room, right? Because there's costs based on the surgeon's time, uh, the anesthesia, the hospital fee, garments, scar gels, follow-up care. There's so much to go on about that, right? But um, when it came to me, you know, and I'll tell you, I had paid over $40,000. And Medicare covered... (laughs) twenty five hundred dollars of that nothing to do a surgeon absolutely nothing not the surgeon's fault because the surgeons send off the codes to Medicare and then Medicare is the ones who get to play God with that so um, that $2,500 basically was the fleur-de-lis Mike that was the you know what they were going to cover that That was four hours that they covered. So basically that $2,500 was four hours in the OR. So that's the four hours for the rental of the operating room. And it paid for the anesthesiologist. Right? So that's that's what that covered. But again, that didn't cover the belly button and the muscle repair. And, you know, when my surgeon opened me up, my abs were pushed out so far that my abs were under the The left and right side of my love handles. Picture that for a second. My abs. When you think of a like a like a like an Arnold Schwarzenegger who's got those defined abs, and they're under his boobs where they're supposed to be. Now mine were pushed to the side so bad, so you know that's not covered. That's muscle repair. They had to stitch those all back together, right? They like. Uh, man I can talk to you for days on this it's just there's just so many aspects to even one plastic surgery alone right like to each to each one and how big the person is and like my first one was like when they did the the, the muscle repair the abdominal plasty and the tummy tuck and that, like took my boobs and everything else like that my chest and my stomach, that was done three times. Three times, because your because the, the, the skin relaxes so much. So you know, you go the first time, you get it done. Six months later, you're like, oh my god, like look, I can just I can pull my skin again, yeah, because your skin relaxes and you got to get it done again. There's so many resections to do with every surgery, man. It's insane. So I mean, it's just there's so much to it.
0: Well, let's get into let's get into your experience like and kind of take them through it in in some ways like so that we're not going, you know, jumping because I think there's so much we can just yeah. jump to and jump around with like what was, you know, what was the process like for you? And and obviously you 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 mentioned this, you're in you're in Canada, you're not in the states, so people listening in the states some things are are going to be different, you know, but uh, at the core, the experiences some of the experiences are going to be similar like what was What was that first kind of round of of consultation like for you? Like what were was it? Did you go in with knowing what you wanted to have done or was it more you went in and said to the surgeon, you know, okay, what do I need? Like what was, what was going, what happened?
1: Yeah, that was, that's a good question. So you you call up and they, you do, you pay consult fee and uh, then they get you in there. And, but going in there, like I already had an idea, like when you, when you look at yourself and you know that you're going to see a plastic surgeon, you, you know what you kind of want done at that point. So when you go in there and, uh, you know, if you're treated like family where I was, um, Dr. Brown Howley, sorry, I'm going to put that out there. But um, uh, when you, when you walk in there, they ask you like, what do you want? What do you want to see? Like, what do you, what, what's your goals here? And, uh, I told him what I wanted and, you know, he did some, he did some, he took some pictures and, you know, he said, this isn't going to be, you know, this isn't a one and done surgery, we Just he, he puts it, he laid he it all out there. Right. And, uh, you know, we did, we basically made a game plan about what, what I, you know, f- what's going to get done first, second, third, fourth, fifth. And, uh, we went on from there. Um, it's, uh, there's just... There's just so much to it, but well, I mean, like, uh, let me
0: after ask you. That, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Yeah. go because I'm just you know that going going in mentally. Were you expect like did you have any expectations that it would be a one and done process or like where what were you thinking when you went in?
1: Honestly, uh, very uneducated at that time, so I, I didn't really I didn't really know. Um, you know, my my uh, bariatric surgeon. Um, actually forwarded my case off to him. And, um, you know, and that's when I started talking with, you know, trying to get with my bariatric surgeon what what I should do and what I shouldn't do. And she recommended that I didn't get my thighs done at that point. She said there's a lot of issues with those. And I kind of I, I kind of agreed with her. I didn't know, right? But then I was like, after I started running a lot, because I was still losing weight at that point, right like i was still going down on the scale so um i kind of just went okay right. i didn't have any expectation there. and then uh went to the consult and told them what i wanted and how i wanted to get rid of the man boobs and the skin the skin off my uh, stomach and uh we went from there and then from there i went into the uh, with the business manager and got, got all my quotes and everything and uh, they signed my consent forms and i waited for surgery and that's how that first, the first stage went.
0: And so, take us in. Like, what was the what was the actual surgery like?
1: That was uh, that was fun. Um, you know, I got there in the I got there in the morning and got the three, two, one. You're going to sleep. And uh, you know, at that point, you know. Before you wake up from surgery, you know, when you're laying in bed there and you're in the OR room, you know, you, you, if you saw the movie Click, right, where he's standing there or he's laying there and he's holding his stomach and he's flopping it back and forth, that was the feeling that I had before surgery. And then uh, waking up from surgery and me, like, feeling around. Of course, I'm bandaged and everything up, so I don't really see anything yet. You know, but you just feel like something's different. Like, you're not used to this, right? Like, this is the first time that I've had a surgery like this. I mean, I've had my gallbladder out and stuff like that. But that's, but, you know, that's nothing.
0: You're not feeling um, around missing your gallbladder.
1: No, <laughs> exactly. It's like, I'm not going to reach inside me to right. find the organs. But, uh, but like, uh, just, it, I felt weird. And, uh, yeah, and then... You know, I had to get up and use the washroom. Couldn't pee at that point, thanks to um, the anesthesia, which I had that problem every time I was under, which was super fantastic. i recommend that to nobody. Um, <laughs> catheters, man, they, they you know, they, they shouldn't exist in my mind. <laughs> yeah, there's just some things that don't need to go places, you know.
0: They're one uh, of those. They're one of those things that are as nightmarish oh. as they sound. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, They are. There's nothing good about it. And if you like it, then well, that's that's a, that's for a different day.
0: That's another podcast. But um,
1: that's a different podcast. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, I when I could get up and use the washroom, and then uh, I got to look in a mirror, and that's when I cried like a baby. It was like, "Oh my god, it's gone." It's like. It couldn't, but it's just—it's so surreal. Like it's like I like I can't even explain to you what that was like, and really, like all the other surgeries that I had was more cosmetic for me, like more to make me feel better, right? Whereas the one that I had with my stomach was like. It, it was more like a gift. Like, it was more like, I cannot believe I did this, right? Like, it was a reward, I, su- I suppose. Uh, like, because it, when you see people every day, you're covered up. Like, unless, unless you're at a nudist colony, I suppose. Uh But, you know, i never walked around without a shirt on before. That was just a nay-nay. and never happened, right? But after I had the surgery, like, I don't wear a shirt anymore. And it's just it's so different like it's just it's just a it's it's again another mind fuck. there's just so many of those right and and that has nothing to do it just has to do it doesn't have to do with sleeve or losing it naturally or anything it's just literally you you lose 300 pounds and you get this skin gone you, you see a totally different person you feel different so i mean it's just it's crazy man Yes, plastics is a lot of money, but it's worth every penny.
0: What was the physical recovery like? Hell <laughs> Well, that's what we want you know uh, we want we want to talk about like because I think you know yeah. talking about plastics being worth every penny is normally the message you hear people say and it ends the discussion ends there. like you know we we, we want people you're, to understand right. like what what is this actual? it's not just the end result of the experience it's it's the experience like so that first round of surgery what was your recovery like
1: that my man I'm just gonna I'm gonna go sidebar for a second because I'm gonna say everyone who listens you're gonna see whether you watch on TV or you're gonna see ads where you have a before and you have an after picture of plastics And what you don't see is what happens in between there and how many resections and how many different things have been done or side effects that have been fixed or you don't see that. And they don't, normally surgeons will tell you what could go wrong because they never really truly know unless you're, you're me and he's, you know, gave me surgery so many times I walk in and he goes oh god no not again but I mean it's just it like but I had my first surgery you know I was done and then I developed a hematoma my first one so well I had a hematoma every single surgery but we'll get into that but my first surgery was hematoma and I was going in daily getting drained by needle and uh like we're not talking like you know 30 or 40 cc's we're talking hundreds of cc's of liquid coming out of me not blood some people get that mistake where they, they think that a hematoma is blood it's actually not it's 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 liquid it's it's has a little blood in it but i mean it's lymphatic fluid and it it's, it's just anyway it just it's a pain in the ass and that's why you have to wear a binder um binder helps Uh, limit that a lot in the swelling, which is why they make you and they force you to wear a binder for six weeks. And I did, but that wasn't the problem being is that anybody who was extremely obese and they lose a massive amount of weight very quickly, your vascular system, isn't ready for that yet they're Mm -hmm. not they think they're not going to financially recover from this right (laughs) so basically (laughs) so i mean it's just like your heart is still pumping liquid and blood like you're a 500 pound man for a 175 pound body so it's just constant fluid constant fluid and i mean it's just you know, it's, it doesn't know it doesn't know that it can calm down. It just keeps going, and that's why there's so many problems with uh, people who are obese and going for surgeries. And that's why, like, you, you don't see this like they have problems with like c- continuous holes or constant drainage or holes opening back up. And the reason why holes open back up is because that fluid is going to find its way out it's not going to stay in there. So we can talk.
0: Well, I think one of the misconceptions too, about like when you are that heavy, because you'll see a lot of people say this, like when you see someone who's 600 pounds, you know, and you know, whether it's a, my 600 pound life episode or in real life or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. people who don't understand how biology at that size operates, think, why can't they just cut the fat off? Like it's, because they, they have this perception that it's like luggage, you know, like, it, you know, when, you're, when your stomach is that big and your legs are that big and, and all of that, that it's it's just fat cells that could be vacuumed away and, and cut right off and it would just all be fine. And it's not understanding that that's not the, the way the vascular system of the human body works. Like, your gut, you have veins growing and, and sneaking through. Like, it's a much, and the average human being probably knows it's much more complex But I think when we have these discussions, sometimes you get people who are like, I just don't understand why that's not possible. And it is because of the way the body, you know, the human body is an amazing machine that adapts to keeping you alive at 500 pounds. So like you said, it's used to keeping you alive at 500 pounds, not used to keeping you alive at 175 pounds. And sure, we adapt, you know, the body adapts eventually, but expecting that the body to adapt quote, unquote, overnight, because even a year or two, it's it's not overnight, like, is just not fair to the body, like, so that you then you end up dealing with challenges that might someone might not expect to have. So I just wanted to get that out there, because I think sometimes there is that perception.
1: Oh, there is. Absolutely. And you say that the average person, and I think it's not even just the average person. I think it's a lot of people are uneducated on this, because they just don't know enough about it, or they've been... They've been I would not fit their whole life, but they've never even been big enough to even have to worry about ever dealing with any of this. Right? So they just look at it and go, Well, what's the problem? Just just cut it off. Yeah. Yeah, because that makes total sense. Right? Let let's kill the person. That's that's let's, let's like there's just so much to it. That's why like, when doctors like have do liposuction, they they can't just clean you right out. They just can't do that. I mean, you are gonna you'll you'll die on the table. Like, I mean, it's just. But I don't know. Maybe it's because I am a little bit more. Well, me, you, everybody in this situation who deals with this stuff is a little more educated than somebody who doesn't have to worry about this. Or you know, they just they walk past it and they see it and go, huh, oh, yeah, like. I wish more people were educated on it. They might understand it a little bit more, but that'll come with time, I
0: think. right? So you have your 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 sur- your first round of surgery. You're dealing with, you know, a challenging recovery. What came next?
1: Yes. After that was, um... oh, it was comical actually. So after that was done and everything. Uh, my front was done and my boobs were done. And then uh, I guess the other side effect that I didn't say yet, and this is for males only, is like when they did my like man boob removal, I, do, I don't know the actual name of it, I, I should. Um,
0: Male breast I think it's them called. Them I'm making sure that's right. right. <laughs> 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 I'm adding a little
1: levy It, <laughs> it, it works it for me. Yeah. Uh, I think it's like maxillplasty maybe, mm-hmm. I'm yeah. completely probably wrong. Uh, yeah. My plastic surgeon is going to listen to this probably and make fun of me. Um, but no, uh, males, they cut around the nipple and they take the nipple off and then not women, women, they just cut around it and it just kind of hangs cause they can't take the, the ducts and them anyway, the milk and stuff. Anyway, so they put, they did all that, they put it back together. I have no feeling in my nipples whatsoever anymore. So guys, that take that. You have a, what they call a 50-50 chance. They tell you that. They tell you that. So I was on the 50% chance of I didn't get any feeling left in it. The only thing that happens that I know is they are a temperature gauge because when it's cold, they get hard and I cut through glass. Other than that, that's it. Don't feel them. Period. Well,
0: they're, There's they're also just, a percentage chance yeah. that the nipple reattachment won't work. I I've, I've, I've yes, in that situation
1: yes but that's a lot lower and that very rarely happens um, but it does happen but again your plastic surgeon tells you that if not you need a new surgeon um, yes okay that's that was that uh, next one I had was my uh, side so after I was you know flat in the front I still had like the the skin rolls and everything under my arms, right? Like just flopped over, like skin just hanging there. So uh, my surgeon thought, cause my surgeon can do a lot of things like in house, you know, he doesn't have to go through the OR to do that. Uh, this was actually before he had his own OR, but um, so I was like, yeah, it's no problem. We can freeze you and take that out. Yeah. That became a lot bigger job than uh, what was intended. Um, a lot more skin than we thought, which probably he was okay doing it there, but I mean, it probably should have been done in, in an OR. (laughs) There there was a lot of skin to it, but, um, that happens. Sometimes things turn into bigger jobs. Clearly that happens in any profession, but, um, I had no issues with that one. That one went fine. Like that was golden. And then, um, my next my next big surgery after that now this being said these aren't just one after the other after the other i didn't go home recover for three days and go you know what i'm going back again (laughs) feels that way but actually these are are like six months in between Um, so my next one was the thigh lift that i even agreed with my bariatric surgeon, like I said earlier, that I wasn't gonna do. But I started like running in competitions and running every day. And I just could not handle, you know, the skin, the the shifting of the skin when I'm running. Like it was unbearable. So I'm like, I gotta do it. Like I was doing push-ups and basically the, the skin was helping keep me up. Just how much skin was underneath there. So, you know, I had no choice. So I did it. Um, that one came with crazy problems. Again, with the lymphatic drainage, which I had for, I think, eight weeks. And it got so bad where I was all closed up and it was draining so bad that the doctor reopened my right leg and, uh, he, he put this drain in, um, you know, at the time it, it's a very, very, very hard spot to put a drain in, but probably should have figured that out, um, at the time of surgery, but he put a drain in like this manual drain and stitched it into me. And we just, we, we gauzed it around and wrapped it around it. There's nothing you could have done, um, to try to stop. You know, to get the everything, to get the shit out, right? To get the drain, but it was constantly draining. But what happened was, is bacteria got into that, and I got uh, E. coli, and an E. coli infection in my leg, and that turned to pretty really quick. So I had
0: to go. Can you repeat that, man? I think you hospital. broke up. You turned to what? Oh yeah, no, and I
1: got, uh, I got uh, E. coli in my leg, and it uh, turned into cellulitis. Okay. So when that happened, I had to, uh, go to, uh, the hospital for seven days, an hour a day to get IV, um, through antibiotics to get that infection down. Um, that was, so now I have a scar on the, on the inside of my leg that, uh, it's like a, all rations big and, you know, it's, it's not nice looking, but, um. Personally, I don't, I don't give a shit, but um, yeah, that's just another side effect of stuff that can happen in a hurry. Yeah, and it's, and it's a very, very, very hard place to heal, like immensely hard. And, to- so,
0: and talking about uh, the challenges and the side effects, like, again, it doesn't diminish your, your overall feelings about the, the experience at all. I want people listening to understand that, like, we just want to talk about, like, what it was really like. Right.
1: This is the reality of it. I mean, it's this, this is, isn't all pink unicorns and rainbows. Um, you know what? what you, a lot of you see if you watch TV or Six Hundred Pound Life, and they walk out and they're skin and bones and thin, 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 and they look they look like they've never been obese in their life. Well, let me tell you, what the shit they went through to get there wasn't easy, and it wasn't just one surgery. So you got to remember that there's a lot to it. Um, And that's what I, you know, I can't stress enough. And then there's some surgeries where like I, the one I recently just had, and that was my buttock lift. Um, So I had an upper buttock lift done prior to this. And I was, oh my God, I don't remember. February of 2023, I think it was. And, uh, that was the only surgery that went flawless. Like no issues with uh, the drainage, swelling, nothing. It was like, oh my god, wow! But the problem being was I had so much skin on my ass. I mean, I had a
0: big ass. Mm-hmm. Okay, Again, big, look at the before pictures.
1: Uh, right, I had, I had. How do I say it? I had, I had no ass. But I had a big ass, very hard to explain. And unless you look at the picture, you go, "Oh, I get it." But um, yeah, so they were able to do the upper portion, which was my back and my butt. That was great. That turned out phenomenal. But the problem being is, I still had the, my two flanks, right? My two cheeks that were look like Doberman's ears. They were just hanging there. So here I am. I got tight legs, tight stomach. You know tight everything is tight and then i stand with my (laughs) legs apart in the mirror and my butt cheeks are hanging lower than my balls Mm. yeah welcome to the podcast folks
0: right so uh (laughs) that's (laughs) that's an image no one's going to get out of their mind you know that's that's, (laughs) not leaving anyone for a day or so
1: well no you know maybe your therapist will give you a credit i don't know but um yeah that was that was a nightmare and that's why i said you know what no i get, that's got to be fixed i can't deal with that just can't deal with that one so uh they uh did that one last december and uh we're almost march and i'm still dealing with side effects from that one um now it is the worst spot ever to heal because it's cost- You you got to sit down on your butt right like I wasn't able to sit down for six weeks. I had to lay down or stand up. That was it. Using the toilet, I now have a full-time job with Cirque du Soleil, okay? Because you can't sit, so I'm hovering over it like my, my lovely wife, God bless her, she watches TikTok until daylight hours and she saw like how the women use these towels and they roll them up and they put them underneath their legs and they kind of hover. That's cute. If you're a woman, that was fun. Um, but, uh, the, the very, but but what I'm dealing with is that I kept, I have two holes that are open in my groin area. That's that (laughs) they shut, they close, they have a party. They reopen. Um, it's just there's so much tension there that it's ridiculous. So, um, had a follow up today. Actually, one of the holes is finally completely closed, and hip, hip hooray. But the, there's a the bottom one, and again, it, you can go on the site and uh, you can see the pictures of how big it was. It was actually as big as round. It was bigger than a golf ball. Both openings, terrifying terrifying um that we were dealing with and they were being packed i had to go to the hospital daily for uh, four weeks four weeks daily packing with salt pack and uh trying to get uh well trying to get the tunnel closed i had a 13 centimeter tunnel in my going in my groin down my leg so what people if people don't understand what that is is Picture just taking a flashlight, shining it in that hole, and seeing 13 centimeters into your groin and down your leg. Basically, a literal tunnel. You can literally see it all the way down. You could actually put a flashlight down one hole, and it would flash out the other one. Again, folks, welcome to the podcast. But um, graphic or not, welcome to the wonderful world of plastics, because this is what you're going to go through. Hopefully, you don't. Hopefully, but... I'm telling you, this this podcast, guys, is not to scare you away.
0: Right, from that's it, what I was about to say.
1: But it, it's you know, it's it's not. You might you might go through plastics and not have a single problem. And you know what? Good on you. But I'm telling you, it's it's good to know what you can prepare for. I'm not now. Sure, if something happens and you get a side effect like this, it's not going to affect your life forever. It's just. It is what it is. It just takes a little bit longer to heal. Um, would I do it over again? Absolutely. Even with the side effects? Yes. Would I be a little bit more knowledgeable and what I know and how to fix them now? Yes, absolutely. But it's, it doesn't stop your journey whatsoever. And don't let it.
0: And one of the things it goes back to, too, is making sure you're working with the right doctor. Right? Yes. Like not not saying working with the right doctor means no side effects but working with the right doctor so you have that bond of communication to you know have someone letting you know what's going on and how what you should be doing and like have it, and also talking to you about the possibilities
1: right and make sure you ask questions like doctors even the best doctors in the world can't read your mind like Ask the questions that you really think you need answers to, right? Like, what are side effects? Ask that question. It's not an out there, far out there question. They will literally sit down and tell you what what can happen.
0: Well, that was one of my you questions know, that that was coming up. You know, one I want, I knew I wanted to get to, but was starting to come up as we're talking is like, you're not, you're again, you, you're not claiming to be a medical practitioner yourself, and you're not the end all be all on this experience. But from Matt's perspective, what are some of the questions you feel that a person needs to ask when they are going in for a consultation?
1: Yeah, like you know, what's my recovery time? You know, make sure um, if you have benefits, like is there financial aid um, through your through your surgeon? Right? Like, do they have do they have things that you can? So you don't have to cover it out of your pocket right away. There, there's there's a bunch of financial different ways that you can go about doing that. And that, that is a big question. That That is a question you need to ask because you cannot go into these surgeries thinking you're going to get it covered. Because if you do that, you're going to get heartbroken every time. You need to go in there thinking, it's I'm going to have to pay something and I'm okay with that. Period. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's, but I mean, I would be asking them, you know, recovery time, what garments are needed because not every surgery or surgeon will cover the garments. Now you wake up from surgery with like a medical hospital binder on, at least you should, if not, then I don't know what hospital you're going to. Um, it's usually the white binder of death. This thing is. It's all velcro and it's uncomfortable as hell. But um, uh, male wise they normally your surgeon will tell you exactly what binder to get. Sometimes, if you're a taller person, it'll be like a three-ring binder. A shorter person, a two-ring binder. Um, you can you can Google these too um, if you need a more clear idea of what I mean by three-ring and two-ring. Um, and you know what. What gels are, am I going to need? Because, you know, when you have scars going down your chest, not so much in your your, your butt area or, or your hips, because those are always covered, unless you're at a nudist beach, again, whatever you want to do. But um, there, there are scar gels out there that can actually diminish the scarring. Um, you know, they do tell you to stay out of the sun for one year. you got to keep those scars away from the sun. Just load the sunscreen to it. Just make sure you keep using it and you use the best SPF you can possibly get a hold of. That's my opinion um, for that. Also, I would ask them, you, you, you know, you, you can ask them, you know, do you think I'm where I should be? Because they're going to blatantly tell you the honest to God truth anyway um because one of the questions a really good surgeon will ask you and it's the big question and that is are you where you want to be and if you and this isn't to coach you because if you're not where you want to be get the fuck out of that fucking get out of there because you're not ready Because you're going to go, you're going to say, oh, yeah, no, you know what, I am where I want to be. And then you're going to have surgery and you're not going to be happy with it because you're still going to have excess skin or you're still going to have fat in places. And guess who you're going to blame? The surgeon. It's not the surgeon's fault. You weren't where you were supposed to be. So now there's a lot of new... Uh, rules and regulations, I know in Canada, where they are actually are following a very tight BMI now. Um, they weren't before. They were loosely following it, but now they're really going to put it into place for just because of issues that arise like this. Where they're not ready, and they go get stuff done, and they're not happy with their results, and then they go blame the surgeon. Well, you can't blame the surgeon. You can't. Some surgeon's fault. So that is another thing. So even before you go into the surgeon's office to ask them a question, there's one that you have to answer yourself. Are you happy where you are? Because if you're not, don't make that phone call. Don't. And, you know, the other ones that you can ask them um, basically is... I am just trying. There's, I got a checklist
0: here, Mike. <laughs> I'm like, well, well let's, um, let, let's flip it around for a minute, you know, because I think you started to head into an air, another area that I want to get to. You know, when you talk about asking yourself that question of, "Are you where you want to be?" What do you th- if someone's out there and they're not, you know, they're starting to just think about this? Like, what do you think are some of the important things that a person needs to ask themselves?
1: Mm. Well, that big one is like, "Are you where you want to be?" That's like it, really. Mm-hmm. That is the golden rule question. Uh, the next question is again, it's a joke that we see on online all the time. But are you financially able to recover from this? Right. Because that is that is a big question. Not everybody can fork out forty k. I mean, just it's just it, it's a baffling number. It really is. But. There's ways, there's loans, there's, there's ways around things to get to there, but that is a question you have to ask is, are you going to be able to financially recover?
0: Well, that, okay. well, that's also something, you know, that is almost on some level psychologically damaging when you see people who are getting excited for the prospect of surgery and for some reason have it in their head that everything's going to be covered, you know, because I'm having some issues or whatever. And they haven't really thought about the financial side of it and how they would handle it. And they walk into that office, and they, the you know the doctor sits down and even says, you know, even if they say it's going to be twenty five thousand, and we're going to cut, co- you know, your insurance is going to cover five, that's still twenty thousand dollars. Like that's still ten thousand dollars. That's still five. That like so, being honest and realistic with yourself about the financial outlay is really important.
1: It is, and it's and it's not talked about enough, obviously, because nobody wants to talk about the financial aspect of a plastic surgery. That's not where they want to put the focus. But that is where the focus has to go for a lot of people, right? Like, And I see it so many times, and I have so many people that message me, and they go, I want this, and I want that. I just can't afford it. I can't afford it. I can't afford it. But the question I ask them is, you know, did you make a consult? Did you go talk to him? Did you go see? Maybe you can't because some of these people that I talk to, you know, again it comes back to mentally what you're going to be okay with. But you know, there's a lot of women that because it's it's I find it's a lot more women-driven this this place in life than it is men. Men are a lot more like reserved when it comes to this stuff. Now I'm not saying there's not men that message me and it's not even a high. I get a picture of everything that I don't need to see and then they ask me a question (laughs) like you all need to calm down with those please like (laughs) i don't need i don't need to see it okay i don't but um like it's just it's also very very vital i think that you actually do make a consult when you're ready when you when you are mentally ready with where you are make a consult then because If you are where you are supposed to be and you're mentally there, then there's probably some things that will be covered that can get you away for now, even that will make you happy. Like I know that, especially on the women's side of things, again, like I said before, women seem to have a very easier time getting stuff covered than men do. Doesn't, it's not fair, it's not, but I think it's just how it, how the system works because of, you know, the, the breasts. And the, I think it's probably because they're childbearing too, right? Because I mean, you can't really look at that health risks and stuff like that because guys get rashes, right? Uh, just as much as girls do or itches or, or yeast infections. Yes, guys get yeast infections. Believe me, I know this because they've sent me pictures. I just, I don't need to see it. But, you know, um, but on the other side of that spectrum, too, that I've seen, like, is that people are self-sabotaging themselves, giving themselves rashes, making sure they get rashes, taking pictures of it, and trying to use that to get covered. Yeah, don't do that because you're not going to be 100% covered because you have a rash. It's just you you are hurting yourself for something that you don't even know if you're going to be able to get. So smarten up, because I've seen that so many times. And I see people coaching people on doing that. Oh, well, just give yourself a rash or don't wash or it's baffling to me. And I'm like, for what To, to get to what cause so they can chop your stomach off for free, and you're going to put yourself through hell for that? Like, use your head for a second. But, I mean, really, those are really the only two major, major questions you have to ask yourself, because really, those two questions might cover a lot of areas. Like, are you ready where you want to be, and can you afford it? Right. And I, in not that, those are the two major questions, but at the, you know, but, um, you can't, but when you ask yourself the second one, can you financially afford it? Nobody can, especially nowadays, welcome to the economy. Right. But don't just say that. Don't just read that out to yourself and go, well, no, I guess I'm not going to get it done no it's worth the consult and it's worth looking into avenues to get it covered to find the help to get the financial aid don't give up until you at least look into it but that's my two cents
0: right well it's it's that whole piece of you know it's it's don't don't set your expectations so high that you end up hurting yourself but also don't set your expectations so low that it keeps you from things that could be life changing you know, I think people run into that Absolutely. with weight loss in general, you know, like I'm never going to, I'm never, you know, when someone, someone out there sitting out there listening, you know, who's not anywhere near considering plastics, cause they are that 500 pound guy, you know, that 505 pound guy, that 540 pound guy sitting there and they, their mind is just reeling over. I don't foresee that I could ever even come close to losing 300 pounds. Don't, don't, don't sell yourself short before You're even in the game, I guess is a better way to put, you know, is a good way to put it. Like, don't just, don't decide that you're going to fail before you've even gotten started because then you're never going to succeed. And I think it's the same thing with something like this, you know, and people go through this too with other things in their lives financially, you know, owning a home, like starting a family, like all of those things, you know, there are points in our life where we feel like it's too much or too scary, but when you know, this is something that is going to physically benefit you and psychologically benefit you, like it's, it's, It's not just a vanity game to want to, you you know, see your reflection in the mirror, you know, with, with tighter skin. Like, it's not just about, I'm going to do this so I can take pictures and post them on Instagram. You know, it's about what you're seeing every day. And, and also, you know, I, I think part of it too, you know, and we could come, you know, I could have three people on who have had, you know, skin removal surgery and three people who decided not, and we could have a debate over, you know, is it battle scars or is it, you know, things, you know, is you know, you know that, like, I think everyone out there gets that, you know, different people have different perspectives on it. And if you're okay with not having it, like, that's completely great. But if it's something that is there for you, and even if it's something you're not sure about, you're not going to go in for a consultation and have surgery that day. You know, that's not the way that works. You know, so understand that part of that, part of that discussion is about educating yourself. And, you know, you could leave that consultation and think, well, I have a lot more to learn about this than I thought I did, so I want to learn that before I make this decision. That's all 100% okay. Like, it's okay to be in that place of not knowing and just wanting to know. Right.
1: And it's always okay to get a second
0: opinion. Too. Mm-hmm. 100%. So, so Matt, let, let's come back to your story. Like, you're actually, you know, you're. The, yep. we're talking your story. All of this is your story and all of this is your opinion and, and all of that. But, you know, coming through you know, you, you've brought us up to kind of like where you're at today, you know, and the, the recovery that you're still dealing with, like, and I think you started to talk about this a little bit in the beginning of before we kind of really get into the journey side of this, like, what is what is your overall perspective on your journey when it comes to plastic surgery? And what are your what are, is there anything that we haven't talked about yet that you think someone who is considering embarking on their own, you know, needs to hear from someone that's been there?
1: Yeah, I guess, you know, to make sure that you have a teammate, like, don't do this alone. Like, it's a lot. Um, You know, uh, you're going to need a lot of help when it comes to any of these surgeries. Um, The other thing, too, is, you know, you're going to be on some highly heavy medication for a bit there. And... You have to really be aware of, you know, the pain level, um, and you know you can't you can't be the tough guy and be like, oh, well, I'm not going to take that, because you're going to hinder yourself. Um, you know, they always say, take the meds, take the meds, take the meds. It's not them actually pushing the meds on you. It's because your body may fight a little differently than you're used to when it comes to this because it's such a major trauma like your body doesn't know you had plastic surgery your body just knows something traumatic has happened to me so um in my case you know i tried to be the tough guy and started weaning off the uh, narcotics really quick and uh you know i i started getting these massive headaches uh, the shakes, um, sweat, tremors, um, and you know, it, it's a lot. It was actually a lot of symptoms of like a, a, a like a narcotic withdrawal. Same symptoms, but not not that symptom at all. It was actually my body was in so much shock and pain. But that's that's the way I was feeling it, right? So take the meds. Um, they're gonna help you.
0: And at least take them for a week. Well, because um, you use the T word trauma. This is not about your skin doesn't become loose clothing that you're having hemmed. Like it's not a, it's not a shirt they can take off. You resize and put back on, you know, that's just not the way the body works. Like it is, it is, you know, weight loss in general is actually trauma, you know, and we could go down a rabbit hole with that, you know, and I've talked about that before on the show, like. It's, it's positive trauma, but it's still, your body perceives it as trauma. Like having a surgery, you know, of this type, it's not, it's not like just changing a shirt. It's not just like putting on a different pair of pants. You know, it's, it's about giving your body, your body, it's something your body needs to heal from and needs to heal from properly. Right.
1: And, uh, another thing, I guess, from my, my perspective on this whole thing is, you know, people are scared of drains, um, believe it or not yeah they're pain in the ass but they're also your wingman like those those bad boys are your sidekicks you keep them in as long as you possibly can it sucks you gotta hide them in your pants or you know i've seen some of them where they just whip them out you're walking down to the store or whatever like whatever you know um you need those in there because if they come out too soon. Yeah, that's when the problems start. That's when all that buildup of liquid happens and they have to either, A, put the drain back in, which isn't fun for anybody, um, or you have to keep going back and getting needled, which, what I talked about what happened to me, where they were taking hundreds of cc's of liquid out of me daily, which is, it's, it's not fun for them. You know, um, it's not fun for you either. So uh, there's that. And uh, make sure that you um, wear the binder. I know I keep saying that, but I'm telling you, you need to wear it. Not only does it stop the swelling, but it also shapes you, right? It gets the shape that you want to be. That binder is tight enough that it keeps everything in there. And when you're healing, you're going to heal that way not be blotchy and bloated and have that wonderful swelling stay that way. I mean, nobody wants that. Um, other than that, you know, uh, see, my journey is not the same as everybody. Not everyone goes through uh, everything. I, I feel like I went to war. I mean, <laughs> you know, there there's a lot, there's a lot to it. Um, but I mean, it's, it's worth it for for it was worth it for me um, for everything that I went through to get where I'm at right now so take that into account I mean if you look through my page there on Instagram and from the top to the bottom or you can reach out to
0: me if you want to privately and what um, is your page I, well, I to, we're coming to that like it's so. uh,
1: yeah it's a uh, vsG dot true is my Instagram. And, uh, basically I post there nonstop, um, mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, you will find, uh, recipes and like to cook as you know, um,
0: well, we were riding but, right uh, with you over that six weeks. You couldn't sit down. I was honestly on the edge of my seat, man. Like it was, oh. <laughs> it was, it was, you know, you became my lady, my favorite show to stream to be like, is he sitting today? <laughs> is he sitting yet? You know, and that, and I'm kind of glad, too, that you addressed the bathroom because that was one of those morbid questions in the back of my mind is like, how is even any of that happening right now? What is going on? Oh, man. You know, like you learn how to hover. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you kept us up to date. And well. it's not,
1: it's, yeah, it's not, it wasn't pretty. Like, it, there's no, nothing glam
0: about that.
1: You know, but, you know, everybody poops. Um, I didn't want to. <laughs> But, you know, uh, and, yeah, but I guess if you have a, oh, yes, that's the other thing, is the big thing about plastics, make sure you have a lazy boy. It makes things so much easier, so much easier, and it makes, so you're able to uh, lay back when you need to, and then, uh, you know, you get comfortable there, because sometimes some of these surgeries you can't get in your bed. Like, as much as you want to think you can, you can't. And uh, I know that from my last one. And that was a lot of, that was fun. Uh, Buttock lifts are, that's something else. Now, uh, some buttock lifts, especially, it's good, though, if you have a buttock lift and you actually do have some fat because they'll do a BBL and they can transfer the fat from your worst places and inject it into your bum but when my doctor looked at me and he went yeah you don't have any fat at all like oh great perfect yeah and i'm like well can i just can I can i get fat he's like matt if you ever get to the point with the way that you are now and the way you work out if you ever have fat you come see me (laughs) i'm like okay okay check me so i mean really that's that's really the only major concerns or statements i have really we've covered it pretty well
0: and i think you know and again the the end the the wrap-up point is that even everything you've been through the war you know that some of this journey has felt like is all still worth it to you in the end you know and i think that's the that's the positive message And, and it's not worth it because you, you've you just you know your brain cracked six months into all of this and you know you're not understanding you know you don't have an understanding of what you been your body has been through and what you've been through, but you understand the the positive, you know the, the positive result that it is there and, and is is getting better by the day. Like you know I, I think that's a good it's good for people to hear that perspective and that's not just about you know you're not trying to be a warning a flashing warning sign to stop people. You're, you're, you know, we had this discussion so that people can get a greater understanding of about what can happen. And it's not saying statistically, it's going to happen to every person again, but it's good to have an understanding from the person that went through it. This, you know, to, just even to hear you talk about some of these things, because I'm sure they're, you know, talking about, a, you know, a tunnel in your groin and there's someone hearing that and they're like, how would I even get through that? You know, when you're standing here saying, you know, I, I got through it. You know, it's, it's not just things that are insurmountable. Like these are, these are challenges that can be rough, but coming up through them on the other side is also, you know, an incredible thing.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And like, it, like your, like your point there, like a lot of these, like, and, and I'm not saying that I like, I'm like this superhero, like every single surgery that I've went through, you go through like this little like two week depression period and it's that two weeks of darkness where like you can't do anything yet you want to do things but you can't like you know you see your buddies or anything going out there but you you can't there's stuff like you, you you're not able to lift like over 15 pounds for like three weeks so you just feel useless that's a dark time there Especially if you're somebody that, you know, that likes to move around and doesn't stop and doesn't, like, doesn't not like to work. Like, I, I'm, I'm a workhorse. And uh, for me, not being able to do anything for two to three weeks, I'm telling you, man. Especially someone who goes to the gym every day. Mm-hmm. And, you're, and, you're, and you're not allowed to do that constant mindfuck constant depression constant i'm gonna gain my weight i can't do anything i'm just sitting here and i'm just up on a log funny thing you know when you're sitting there and you're not doing anything i lost six pounds at the end of it all but you don't feel that way right so again it's another mental bridge that you gotta you gotta break through so it's the other thing you gotta watch for is depression is real it is is a symptom of plastics and I'm going to say as well uh, probably in closing is that with plastics you know it's it's again not a one all and be all there's going to be resections and there's going to be parts of your body even after as many surgeries you possibly can think of that you won't be happy with and that you have to uh, get that out of your mind because You have to remember you are an obese person. You had so much skin and even though you might even go to the best plastic surgeon in the entire world and pay thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon hundreds of thousands of dollars Guess what? You're still gonna have the parts of you that you're not going to like So I'm just letting you know that now.
0: Which is the human experience, right? At the end of the day, know. you know, like it's you're still a human being, regardless of how superhuman you feel coming through some of these experiences. So, I think that makes a lot of sense, man. Right. So,
1: Matt. Right. And I mean, I got
0: yeah. No, go ahead. I didn't want to cut you off. You had something else to
1: share. <laughs> oh, oh no! I was just gonna be like, and it's funny because on this topic, especially my wife, who's she's lost one hundred and seventy pounds. She's smoking. She's she went through plastics. She had. You know, she had the the muscle repair done and everything, and she looks phenomenal. She's got the shape that every woman wants, but she doesn't like it. So, it just goes to show, you're just going to go into plastics, and you're going to have parts of you you're not going to like.
0: That was insane. Mm Mm-hmm. Understood, man. Well, Matt, I, I have really appreciated this discussion. And I feel like we've gotten to a lot, you know, for people to hear. I promise you that, you know, and, and for everyone out there listening. Uh, so we know we have the Fat Guy 5 to close every episode. And those questions have stayed pretty much the same for for a long time. And I like those questions. But I also then come to the end with returning guests. And I'm like, well, I've already asked you most of these questions. So I've created the returning guest fat guy five and you are going to be the very first person to experience these questions and are they is it is it like you know is the first round like freshman year exams and this is graduation i don't know um i just think these are these are interesting questions and it's my podcast so i may, i put them down and <laughs> everyone out there listening is this is your first time hearing these questions you like them you don't like them let me know you know DM me on Instagram. Reply to the posts when I start posting about this episode. Let me know what you think. So here we go, Matt. Let's go. Question number one. Tell us, Matt, who are your, what are your favorite accounts to follow on Instagram? Ooh, well, uh, Gourmet goes keto. Well, if, That's if, a pretty awesome. If anyone one. listening isn't following me, I, I don't even want to. I don't want to give them. <laughs> I'm not going to give them. The, I don't want to give them the time of day. So, I I appreciate that, and I'm figuring I'm going to get that a couple times for people, but okay, there's a good one. Uh, Yeah.
1: Uh, Another one I like to follow, actually, is um, I like following The Rock. Um, He's basically a very... He's been an icon of mine for years. Like, years and years and years and years and years. years. More or less because he fights and fights and fights and fights and gets what he wants and never stops. So... You know
0: that's that's
1: a very big iconic one for me. Yeah. How many are you looking
0: for, chief? As as I mean, if you've got any others jumping out, that's fine. If you want to leave it at the rock, we can do that too. We'll leave it at the rock. Okay. Sounds good. Question number two, man. Pre weight loss days, so five hundred and five pound Matt. What was your favorite meal?
1: Oh, buddy. Oh, you got a foodie here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. So mine was uh, the uh, the biggest T-bone steak I could find. Uh, potato skins loaded with uh, bacon bits and cheese and green onions and sour cream slapped on top of it. Uh, Caesar salad and cheesecake for dessert.
0: That's a salad yeah, meal, man. That's, that's a
1: oh yeah. yeah ate that more than one time
0: in a day. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> yes. No doubt, man. <laughs> yeah. Which, which I think, then you know, you might be able to guess what question number three is. So, Matt, today, what is your favorite meal?
1: Wow, funny. It's it's now I uh, like a, like a barbecue chicken or a smoked chicken, mm-hmm. uh, Caesar salad and uh yeah that's basically all i can shove into me at once believe it or not hey that one cup of that one cup of food man it doesn't take very long go
0: to go to to matt's page and just look at it there physically isn't the space so it makes sense man it makes it makes complete sense question number four thinking about this entire you know this journey for you've been on for the past five years now if not more what has been, when I ask you this question, I just want the first thing that pops into your mind, what has been one unexpected challenge that you faced on this journey? Ooh.
1: Uh, I'm going to say, yeah, the side effects, um, like the, the the issues that I had, um, you know, with every plastics, but, you know, you're supposed to be recovered in four to six weeks. I'm being recovered in 12 to 14, so... That was something I didn't see coming, for sure.
0: There you go. In question number five, Matt, last question of the main pod for you today. From 505 pounds to 175 pounds, nine plastic surgeries, my challenge for you with this question is, what is one word you would use to describe this journey? Humble. I like it. So, Matt, I do want to say a big thank you for being willing to come back on the show and share your experiences and your perspective with everyone out there. I think it's going to be really helpful for people to hear this.
1: Good, I'm glad.
0: And everyone else out there, follow Matt. His Instagram is going to be in the show notes today. As he mentioned, you can follow me at Gourmet Goes Keto on Instagram and on X. You can email the show at the Forum at gmail.com. Matt and I are going to jump over to the after show for Patreon. So, if you are a Patreon, you already know that. But if you're not a Patreon, sign up at one of the levels where you're paying for it and you get bonus episodes. And I've been having a lot of fun with those. So, I hope you will join us there. And then, my friends, remember go out there, do something today to amaze yourselves because you're the most amazing people I know. Then catch us on the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum.